I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan. Welcome Somehow. to our show. The Mutant Ages. Another Friday night, another ep- episode of X-Men the Animated Series with Maddie and Ryan. Why did you just say it's Friday night? They're going to be listening to this on a Tuesday. It doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe they want to know what our lives are like. Maybe they are listening to it on a Friday night. I shouldn't judge. Yeah, I mean, if you want to listen to the show several days late, that's your prerogative. Anyway, this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every single animated episode of x-men ever back when we were young we experienced a change we felt a power growing us both wonderful and strange the power to care about the x-men and the mutant brotherhood all of their adventures more than anyone should from the comic book pages to watched an episode of x-men the animated series called come the apocalypse because today we break the chains that have bound us in podcasting no more shall we follow the old ways of the humans who have podcast before us the old ways of podcasting shall burn to the ground and from its ashes we will rise up and build a better world for podcasts those who will oppose us will fade in their own ashes because i am apocalypse Holy Get ready shit. for that. Did you improvise that? I've been rehearsing it for two days. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I it was really, really good, actually. I ha- I've been, uh, listen, I've got a really long commute. Yeah. Yeah. So you got a lot of time <laughs> on your hands to just kind of yeah, rehearse your like villain some, monologues. and Right. And sometimes I like listen to music. Sometimes I listen to other podcasts. Sometimes I scream at people out my window right. about the apocalypse. apocalypse style, about yeah. how they all must must fall. How's that going for you, by the way? Just like screaming at people at your car window about I mean, I do destroying that anyway. the planet. Right. Well, you know, I'm from Boston, but I will say it in crazy voices if I'm really particularly bored or stuck in traffic. So there have been people that have getting like the apocalypse monologue and they're like, what's wrong with that person? I hope you're Why really they doing about this? the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> I just like rolled out the window. I'm like, die X-Men. And they're like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> anyway, um, this episode of the show is about this this dude named apocalypse who, oh wait i was gonna say is it about somebody like not named apocalypse it's like, not it turns out it's not it turns out it's about apocalypse and i guess it's also about rogue so yeah. anyway weeks ago when we were still recording this show uh we did an episode that was actually pretty good and it was about it was about rogue and archangel sort of coming to terms with the fact that they're mutants and having these two different journeys and we talked about how 
the episode was seemed like a metaphor for conversion therapy for gay people and it was sort of a political episode that was what we did oh, right. last that's, time you know that's gonna say we didn't even do last time in the x-men i just started monologuing yeah well i'm kind of trying to do it now but anyway this time around this episode it's not as political it's mostly action not a lot of actual stuff happens a lot of the but nuance it's... that was there before has kind of been removed in favor of just really goofy action scenes but it's I, not it's not a good episode but it's also not a bad episode i laughed a lot yeah same i mean it's fine it's just a bog standard x-men the animated series episode but anyway previously right. on the x-men rogue tried to get a cure by a dr adler who turned out to be her mom mystique who she doesn't remember and also apocalypse had hired mystique to do that to cure mutants on weir island which professor xavier went to without telling the x-men where he was <laughs> and also without telling the x-men that that's what he was investigating was a, a potential cure for being a mutant yeah wolverine was an asshole to rogue and he was like no deserters in this crowd of rogue like cried into the moon and mm -hmm. then and rogue flew across the country second thoughts about being a mutant and decided to go see dr adler and maybe get a cure Except... And then decided she didn't want to, and she ran into Warren, Archangel, who was also there funding the cure. <laughs> yes, he's because been he wants to cut off his wings. Whole investigation because Warren is a closeted gay man, aka a self-hating mutant, who really, really wants his wings to be gone. Also, Cable was there, which apparently is now irrelevant. Yeah, Cable's just fucking gone. I thought <laughs> it was funny that in the previously on the X Men, they include pyro and cable fighting and pyro saying his oh darling line to cable except none of that is relevant like somebody just like included that section in the previously on the x-men this in this episode because they just thought it was fun because I, like, it's not important over that, but that's funny it anyway. and, like also where are pyro and avalanche they're gone they're too pyro and avalanche were in the previous episode but i guess they weren't that important they were mostly there to like help they, provide like, exposition and kind of like help the narrative go along but they weren't really important by and ate them i don't think so i think they're alive i hate to break it to you man but i think they're gonna come back <laughs> i don't think that's the last thing they're last gonna be back they're coming days. back and they're gonna be married i hope so i just want them to be happy anyway yeah. well, um, so that's the previously on no one no one wanted to hear more about apocalypse but sadly that's what this entire episode is about yeah and uh speaking of which this entire episode is apparently the basis for like all the brian Singer films <laughs> I mean, like all of them. That's they, your they, argument, which I you before when you were watching the episode, you were texting me and you were like, all of these lines are exactly the same as the lines in X-Men Apocalypse and other Brian Singer movies, which is really just props to your own memory. Because when <laughs> I watched this episode, I was like, these seem like really generic lines. But if they're direct quotes, I don't remember them. However, no, you've I, seen all the live action X-Men movies I like really 600 have, you know, times. So if you recognize them, I trust you. Yeah, it's not because I've seen the movie a thousand times. It's because when I'm waiting for the movie to come out, I watch the trailers pretty repeatedly. Ah, And that's and a lot of the lines in this were in the X-Men Apocalypse trailer and also X-Men 3 trailer and also X-Men 2. So... Huh. I mean, we already knew that they pulled a lot from this show, but apparently they pretty much just watched this episode. No, no. They they also watched that other episode where Wolverine was in a bar, remember? Because they plagiarized yeah, so, that, too. so they watched the pilot. I'd say they watched, like, the first season, but they mostly watched this episode multiple times. I guess so. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, who's to say which episodes of X-Men the Animated Series Brian Singer likes? We know this is one of them. 
that's like a whole nother thing of us potentially watching the movies but we're not there oh yeah i don't I, know if people we'll should write in there. and let us know if you want us to review the live action movies i want to do thinking, it and ryan is unsure how we would schedule it but i think well, we should do i it. would do it i think we should do it i think what we should do is we should put them in between like each you time we finish to, like, a season find logical chronological places to put the movies and i just don't care but either way people should write well, into us at the ages at gmail.com and tell us your thoughts on it and we'll yeah. figure something out yeah i think like if we finish season one of the animated series we watch x-men the movie and then we do season two because there's so many movies by the time like we finish all these series there's going to be like at least seven more so i know well anyway so the episode starts out on Muir Island, and there's this huge rainstorm that isn't important, but I wrote that down for some reason. And we go inside Dr. Adler's weird barn with a machine in it, and Angel, Archangel's standing there, and he's wearing, like, a really goofy outfit. And he's yeah. like, I just want the chance to be an ordinary human being. And I wrote down, why did you make a Zentai suit that fits your wings if you really want to be an ordinary human being? Because it's I like this huge suit and it has like a little halo on the chest and like a headband <laughs> and like clearly it's, Warren Worthington you know like made himself this completely elaborate superhero suit. It has boots to go with it. Red boots. He it's a red and white, like very garish yeah. costume. And yeah. it, it definitely feels like queer coded because he's wearing like a headband and he has his little hair sticking out of it. I don't know. We'll post a picture on our Twitter or something. Anyway, uh, Warren you know, Worthington made this elaborate outfit and doesn't want to be a superhero. Seems like a lie to me. Anyway, he's like, I don't want to be a mutant. He's like, I want to be a normal human being, not a mutant, not a freak. And then, but, you know, of course, Dr. Adler's all like, well, you funded it. So, of course, you want to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And then Dr. Adler straps him into this metal pallet. And then as soon as he's strapped in, Dr. Adler transforms into Mystique and does like a little maniacal villain laugh. I know. <laughs> it's good. And then all what? of a sudden, Apocalypse shows up. Oh, and meanwhile, Warren's like screaming, obviously. I think I wrote a note that says bondage porn with Warren. Yes. That's, That's true. what's happening. It is what's happening. Because the X-Men's all about, like, dominatrixes and straps Don't worry, and stuff. more people will be tied to that thing later. That's going to be the rest of the episode, is people getting tied to the thing and hit with rays. Yep. Power rays. And Apocalypse shows up, and he's basically, Mystique like... looks scared of him. I thought that yeah. was kind of interesting, because she's, like, sort of high on her power trip by tying up Warren and then, like, laughing maniacally by herself about it, and then Apocalypse shows up, and it's like she remembers that somebody else is her boss. It's kind yeah. of interesting. And like immediately she's like, look what I did. I did exactly what you asked me yeah, to do. Yeah, because she there's some that. tension here with like whose side Mystique is really on that lasts throughout the episode. I think Mystique's doing like I think Apocalypse must have found Mystique and was like, hey, I need you to pretend you're a doctor to lure mutants in. And you either do it or you die. And yeah. Mystique's just doing what she needs to do to survive. Yeah, but also at the same time, she doesn't kind of enjoy fucking around with Warren, apparently. Like, enough well, to I mean, laugh in his face thing. about it. But she also still ultimately doesn't necessarily want to work with Apocalypse. She's anyway. totally a dom. Yeah. So Apocalypse shows up, like, out of the fucking shadows, as he does. Nobody notices, even though he's, like, eight feet tall. He's really good at making secret entrances and surprising Mystique, based yeah, on precedent. Yeah, pretty much. And, like, he just basically... Basically, it's like, I'm going to enslave every mutant ever. And he also is like, turn up the power. I'm okay, no, I wrote this quote. It's so good. He goes, increase the power. I want, want to, to hear, hear the, the cry, 
rise of the future, future being born. born. I like how we wrote both wrote that down. We have problems. <laughs> I like wrote down every insane quote apocalypse out of this because I was like, first of all, this is this is all the movie, and also these lines are it's like did Oscar Isaac say I want to hear the cries of a future being born? Because if not, that's a missed opportunity. I know, right? Well, I don't there's think some other missed that. opportunities in here, like Archangel. <laughs> there's has a some lot great of lines. missed opportunities with the the live action X Men franchise, but we don't need to get into that today. <laughs> well, yeah. So anyway, we cut to the bar, and the mutants are playing darts, and there's like an Irish jig music was, playing yeah, in the background. There's like circus <laughs> music or some shit. It's like <laughs> I don't know, but I, you're right. It's probably supposed to be an Irish jig. <laughs> It's or like, like ding, a Scottish jig, I guess. Ding, ding. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Because they're on Weir Island, which is like yeah, off the right. coast. And some of, mutant like yeah. picks up a chair and like throws it at the dartboard. Yeah, the mutants start fighting with each other like a bar fight starts, and I don't even know what the motivation of it is. And then meanwhile, I mean, we pan over to the X Men who are just who sitting are just in there. the corner. Like why? And, and Xavier's there in his massive levitating wheelchair, and he just uses his powers to like neutralize the chair. And I was like, I, he doesn't have no, the ability was, to was, do that. I think that was Gene. I okay, think Gene... it had to have been Gene because I thought it was Xavier and I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> no, I think the chair was being thrown and then Gene just cat. It was like so fast that Gene like casually caught it and just like put it down. Okay, I hope it was Gene because that made no sense. Anyway, I, yeah. Xavier's just sitting there sulking and being like, what, these stupid mutants, they're all fighting with each other and they're not enlightened like us, the X-Men, people who I've given a rare and amazing opportunity to. And I was like, <laughs> all right, like you could go talk to them, but you're not. <laughs> I know. There's like a pan over we see like, I think Pestilence is the one that kills a flower. She like touches it yeah. and like falls apart. And she, and looks, she looks like really, really shocked that she killed a flower. <laughs> there's just like, so so there's just like these three mutants who matter later, but for the moment they just look like normal people and we don't know what their mutant powers are. But like one right. of them is this old lady who kills a flower and looks really sad about it. And the other two And she's just like, All I wanted to be was a simple gardener. <laughs> She doesn't say that. <laughs> she doesn't have any lines. And I'm planting the seeds of the apocalypse. War and Plague are like fighting each other. They're the ones who are throwing the chair at each other. I don't know why. Do we even find out? I no, mean, I don't there's know. There's a lot of unexplained shit in this. And it doesn't matter because in two seconds, Warren busts into the bar and just screams, I'm cured. Yeah. And like Xavier turns around and all the X-Men's like, who's that guy? And I'm like, he's one of the X-Men. <laughs> Ryan's immediately really angry. And I was like, okay, so maybe in this canon they've never met him before, but then there's all like this mysterious shit later where Xavier is like, I do know who he is. And I'm like, <laughs> Xavier what? secretly knows exactly who Warren is, but is like pretending that he doesn't for some reason because he apparently just like disowns people if they admit that they don't want to be a mutant. Which there's, I okay, guess I, is I'm fair. Gonna point, but... I'm going to point out in this episode, there's a lot of discrepancies in terms of like the X-Men canon and I, I like this is one of those scenes where I'm like, OK, so maybe in this ver universe, they've never met Archangel before. But then I remember like in season two or something like they do a flashback to like Warren and like Cyclops and Iceman and Beast and Gene as kids fighting together. And I, I'm like, what? And that happens more than once in this episode. There's like so many times where I feel like whoever wrote this episode just did not do their research and like somehow the producers missed it. But yeah, Archangel's one of the first five X-Men, and in this they're pretending that he's not, but later on he will be, so 
Who the fuck knows? I mean, it probably just gets retconned. They probably just like decided to do a different canon for the show and then later hired different writers and nobody cared enough. Like, I I mean, mean, they're doing an apocalypse episode where they're just cramming like eight storylines into like 20 minutes. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So anyway, in this canon, in this canon, in this one episode, Warren is apparently unknown to everybody except Xavier, who isn't going to admit that he knows Warren until later. So that's that. Well, Rogue probably remembers him because Rogue ran into him in the previous episode. This this whole scene, I wrote down all this because I was laughing so hard. So first of all, Warren is just dramatically throwing himself around the room, being like, look at me, Dr. Adler cured me. I'm cured. I have no wings anymore. (laughs) See, if I move my back, no wings are there. And everyone's like, oh my God, shut up. And then they're not, he turns though. Around. All the other mutants are really excited by it. They're like, well, yeah, Holy well, the X Men are like, what the this hell? This is the most exciting thing that's ever happened. I know, Finally, I know. We're going to have a cure. And they're like screaming and clapping their hands. Like, I know. And I, I love children? There's also a part here where Warren just screams repeatedly, Who wants to be normal? <laughs> Who wants to be normal? And it's each a time lot. the camera like pans in closer and closer to Rogue's face. I know, I know. It's and I'm a, like, it's, Jesus. It's pretty and, heavy-handed. Wait, but and he screams. He screams. Who wants to be normal? And you do, you don't even see this, but off-screen you hear a lady go, "Me!" <laughs> oh my god, yeah! And she screams me for so long in this crazy voice, and I was like. <laughs> What's happening? The so voice Cyclops actors finally, really like went off the deep end for this particular I mean, scene because like the additional voices work is like the other mutants like screaming in happiness in ways yeah. that are absurd. But yeah, the X Men are not having it. And no, and Cyclops is like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna go talk to him." So Cyclops, mm-hmm. he's just he's like, really confrontational, and he's there's like, nothing there's wrong nothing with wrong us, with like mutant. It's just something that's part of us. And Warren is like, come on, look me in the eye and say that. And Cyclops lifts his hand to his visor and is like, make me bitch. But he doesn't I know say pretty that. Much I'm like, dude, is Cyclops just going to fucking kill Archangel? Like, that's how mad he is. But then Xavier rolls up and he's like, uh excuse me cyclops but we don't tell other mutants what to do and then i angrily wrote down that xavier tells other people what to do all the fucking time especially (laughs) the x-men yeah he's constantly keeping information from them based on his own personal whims this whole thing is because he wouldn't tell them in the first place i know but anyway, meanwhile, Rogue so, still looks really sad and yeah. she's like having her weird moment of having she's just accepted like, I that just she... wish I could be normal once again, but I can't because if I am, then I'm not an X-Men no more. So I'm just going to walk out the door to the moonlight and cry <laughs> about how I can never touch another human being. Yep. She says, she says all, that. all of that. Like That's loudly. Verbatim. It's weird how long that part is. Yeah, she like nobody know, else is Like she finishes talking and everyone's left because they're tired of her. <laughs> No, none of that happens. <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, smash cut to actual Warren. It turns out that Warren in the bar wasn't Warren. It was Mystique. And actual Warren has been transformed into Archangel. Oh, my God. Is... But this is before we get to that. Mystique is like watching them on a TV. And I'm like, how are they watching this? Are, Our she... apocalypse is watching the bar on the TV. You mean? 
Yeah, Apocalypse and Mystique are watching the bar on. Or yeah, sorry, Apocalypse is watching is the bar. In two Mystique, Mystique is posing as Warren. You're right. Yes, yes. And but Apocalypse and actual Warren are watching everything happening in the bar on a TV because oh every my God. villain it's has so... constant TV surveillance to <laughs> everything that how. ever happens. This in is the, the 90s. They did not have this technology. Whatever. Well, it's so, I don't know. TV <laughs> is a visual medium, and they couldn't think of any other way to like convey it's this. Like, all these villains have like a visual version of Twitter, but in like the past. Yeah, like everybody know. was constantly just sending each other Snapchats all the time, Snapchat stories of their day. Warren's, <laughs> it's like Warren's taking dick pics. Snapchat story of his day was running into a bar and screaming, "I'm cured!" And by Warren, I guess I mean Mystique. Anyway. I know. Okay, wait. So, so basically, Apocalypse is like Mystique impersonates you well, Worthington. A worthy and Warren walks out all goth out his archangel yeah, he's like, like heavy metal silver, playing in the background corns playing in the background everything and he's like all metal Bashy pumpkins is playing <laughs> yeah and then, he has a whole playlist he has a mixtape yeah, starts followed by a little bit of lincoln park and then he turns around and says there is no more worthington only archangel. archangel let the world be aware and i'm like <laughs> oh my god what? and so he shoots like his metal feathers into archangel. the tv and then everything's fucking blows up dot com is what yeah. is happening <laughs> dead journal probably yeah he'd be on dead journal let's be real because he was he was too goth for live journal probably probably warren had an had a live journal but then once he became archangel he made a dead journal he yeah <laughs> What kind of like I did? Okay, you know what? I am Archangel. I'm like a weird cross between Jubilee and Archangel. Um, anyway, I don't. I, okay, I, I, don't wrote, I wrote I wrote this down because I went back and watched it a couple times. But Apocalypse then goes into a monologue that. Oh my god, this is all fucking. I couldn't. This is what I was messaging this you. This section be like, was so dumb that I like didn't even try to write it down. Apparently, see, he's like he's just doing a montage of like war everywhere. I can't tell you what specifically, but he says. No world passes away. Together we shall forge a new one. Fire and blood. The future is transformed. I am the instrument to purify the world. The evil human and mutant shall be cut away. (laughs) We shall tear down the old order. Those who shall oppose me will perish through my agents of destruction. And so after that whole monologue, that those are just words. That's not even yeah, like, like no one cares. Like he's basically he, just coming up with just, a highfalutin <laughs> way of saying, I'm going to make four horsemen of the apocalypse and kill everybody. Yeah. Like, but that's he what like, did it do. in the way in high school when you write a, like a poem. Yeah. And like the poem is just like, ridiculous in Blood their words that death, don't even make destruction yeah. will the rain. thorns of the rose bleed inside me and then death will arise up from my soul and be the apocalypse here's my yeah. horsemen and they have really brightly colored horses i made a note here where i said <laughs> it looks like they're all my little ponies or something yeah. from shira the next thing we see is him transforming three other mutants into the other three horsemen of the apocalypse and it's the same three mutants who were in the bar before, the two that were fighting and the lady who killed the plant. And, and they Archangel. get onto these super brightly colored My Little Pony horses. Like, I don't even know. Why are these fluorescent <laughs> horses that are like multicolored yeah, rainbow horses? They're really threatening horses, Maddie. Excuse I, me. You know, the gayest thing in the episode is those horses. I'm just going to come out and say that. As well, a you preface. can't say that because there's like literally nothing else that's gay about well, this episode. Well, I'm going to say the horses later. Anyway, the okay, horses. Okay, the horses. <laughs> And then and so he screams like he says, "Let chaos cleanse the world!" And then the horsemen just like 
Like they literally like ride through the rooftop. I don't know yeah, how the they horses just, like, can blast fly. through it. Why can the like, horses fly? They look like they're robot horses. They look like metal horses, but for some I reason the know. horses have the power of flight. I don't so what, know. After what this they are. like magical moment with the robotic My Little Ponies, it cuts back to the bar <laughs> where Gambit and Rogue are playing pool. And I loved all of this, by I the way. I love this scene. This scene like saves the episode. This one two minute scene where the X Men are so just talking to each other. Good. Gambit's so basically good. trying to like raise the stakes by getting Rogue to kiss him. Yeah, they're and she playing keeps pool on, like, against each other, and he's like, "How about the loser has to kiss the winner or whatever?" And and she's having none of it. She's and yeah, like, Rogue's like, "Do you want to wind up in a coma?" southern boy and it's clear that this time she's like more angry than sad like they already had this conversation in a previous episode but this time she's like hardening herself and gambit is kind of like all right and like doesn't really get what changed between them and gambit's just an idiot no gambit (laughs) says that line there he goes you can drain my energy anytime sherry gambit has plenty which is just like an innuendo for cum i guess so but it's also it's also like a double entendre for the fact that he can like charge things up because he has i know that's what it was meant for it's a pun it's a pun about his powers and his semen yes his explosive semen yeah he like charges it that's scary that's terrifying don't have sex with gambit and turns it into a bomb so then gene is like anyway gene kind of intervenes and is like let's sort of play a little trick on gambit here which i loved because she like sees that the joke is going a little too far for rogue and like is the friend who she sees gambit like charging up his pool cue to like make a shot and she uses her telekinesis to make him miss the shot and like damage the table in the process and then she and rogue like laugh at him and storm turns around she goes the storm goes the term rec room doesn't mean we must wreck it and gambit says storm makes jokes now what next (laughs) i loved this i loved storm's little adorable half smile as she's delivering the joke where it's like she comes up with a pun and she's like i've got something good to share with the kids (laughs) it's like the fucking it's so good it's so i love this i love this scene this is what is this is quintessential this made me laugh out loud and i love them and because they're amazing well the x-men are like people that like hang out when they're not a mission and like that's like a huge part of the comic books like is like we get so many comics where they don't do anything except like have a party because like it's, it's just an excuse to have them hang out and have wolverine yeah. give a picture of himself to kurt <laughs> anyway um so the Wait, next scene <laughs> Haven't you seen those comics? I do. But it's just like so funny that like I now I'm just imagining like Wolverine distributing pictures of himself to people. I mean, I think he did do that. I don't know. Oh my god. So anyway, there's a TV announcement and there's like a world peace conference going on and they're deciding how they're going to deal with mutants. And they're like, can we live among them or not? Which is yeah, what they kind of I mean, put. it's specifically about nuclear disarmament, which yeah. weirdly doesn't come up again. But for some reason, that's what this monologue is about. Like we see this but guy who's probably like a member of the UN or something. Not that they say the UN is involved. It's like really vague. What I it don't is, know, but, but I know that Days of Future Past, I think, ripped from this scene specifically. Oh, yeah. But I, this scene is so vague that like 
you'd have to fill in a lot, which I guess the live action X-Men movies do, but it's, it's not really clear what this talk is about. But basically right. this guy says in this announcement to a bunch of people at these world peace talks, this like weird, vague statement where he's like, yeah, we all want nuclear disarmament, but now that mutants are here, maybe we shouldn't do it. And then for some reason, the crowd <laughs> cheers crazily at that. The crowd is like, yay! Like, thank God we're not disarming nuclear weapons because we're all fucking terrified of mutants, apparently. So that was kind of, like, grim. And then sort of explains what happens next, which is that Apocalypse was disguising himself as a gargoyle on the building okay, in the background I thought it was going to be time. one of the horsemen. Because they were like... Weren't they gargoyles of horses? And I was like, they're going to turn out to be the horses. But instead, Apocalypse yeah, and just like, like three floats out behind sitting them. There, and, and the four horsemen are actually just three horses and then Archangel who doesn't get a horse. So. Yeah, because he can fly, apparently. Well, yeah, but it's just kind of weird that he doesn't this, get a horse. And this is where Apocalypse does say this line that is in it, the X-Men Apocalypse movie where he goes, Fools, you follow blind leaders like a flock of sheep. I'll give you the future right now. He, that's like one of his parts of the movie too so All right. and then apocalypse throws like the gargoyles at people and he's mm -hmm. like screw it. <laughs> he's like he's throwing these massive rock statues at people he's like i don't understand why they're so weak <laughs> yeah and he's like grows and becomes really huge and starts stomping on people and meanwhile a bunch of the military like runs away in fear and the oh guy who was giving no. the speech is like don't run away <laughs> i know but then a bunch of tanks show up like i don't know how they got there so fast and then war and archangel just like kill everyone yeah that's like a thing that happens like I we mean, just see them a bunch slaughtering of people, die. people i mean there's like a couple shots where like the tank is going over one of the bridges in france and like warren destroys the bridge and the tank falls and you see two guys crawl out of it which i think is like a classic kids show thing where it's like we have to show a couple people getting away so that it's not as <laughs> scary but it's still like really terrifying do you, know what I, do you remember that shot where like just randomly two people like make it no, back I, was, the I was gonna make a note of that but i got so distracted because seconds later this oh this, my God, made, yeah. this blew my fucking mind Warren cut he like uses his metal wings to cut off a wing of a war a helicopter, helicopter yeah yeah which yeah. spins out of control towards the Eiffel Tower and then bl runs blows into the, up Eiffel, the Eiffel, Tower. Eiffel Tower the whole Eiffel Tower blows up and well, also then the I'm Eiffel like, Tower is like weirdly small like it's like oh, sure. five helicopters tall and it's small enough that or maybe helicopter... the helicopter's too big maybe that's it but the I point mean, is, is what know. happens to the Eiffel Tower nobody knows because we just, just completely destroyed I guess anyway the Eiffel Tower is gone guys maybe they <laughs> repair the Eiffel Tower after this is over I think they do they go I think they do go back to France later maybe maybe Colossus shows up later and helps them rebuild the eiffel tower no because colossus doesn't actually help rebuild anything he puts like <laughs> two beams on and he's like i have to leave and go right to my sister iliana and see the rest of america or in this case France. see the rest of the sites in paris bye paris. <laughs> okay anyway. apocalypse screams something along the lines of all who oppose me shall be crushed and then mm -hmm. like it cuts the x-men and everyone's watching it xavier's like see this is what i knew would happen we have to this mutant is just going out of control with power and wants to control people that's definitely something i don't want to do and definitely i'm not doing right now he wants to kill everybody in the world that's wrong so we should kill him instead i mean for in that sense i do agree with him because like apocalypse is just a 
black and white villain. Like you're, you're right. He's so boring as a villain. Like I'm sorry, but there's nothing interesting about him. His only motivation is just wanting to kill people. Like I think maybe in the comics there's like a little more nuance there, but in this iteration well, of yeah, him, we'll get into that. he's literally just killing. He people. just like shows up. He's like time to murder everyone, and Xavier's like. We, it's he's like the mutants don't kill so we as mutants are going to kill you and i'm like xavier <laughs> i hate you he just he's really consistent but for the record i'm fine with it that the x-men go and try to kill apocalypse like at yeah, least they too. try mostly i was annoyed that xavier was like unlike magneto who at least oh my god I who at least we that. could convince we can't convince apocalypse and i'm like can you convince magneto though because it kind of seems like instead you just like play mind tricks on him and make him cry and i don't know if that counts as convincing people xavier but whatever so speaking of xavier's weird sketchy shit first he turns to the corner and looks into like a shadow and says there will be no future for anyone and then <laughs> and then we see that the stakes are high because the whole world is blowing up all of a sudden the blackbird like leaves the x-mansion we get like all this crazy music and then like rogue and like jubilee like saunter out with professor xavier rogue's like why am i not on this mission and jubilee has no lines here but professor xavier pulls out the picture of archangel and he's just like <laughs> he's just like i need you to investigate this one mutant uh, I'm not going to give you any reason why, but I need you to investigate him. So go back to Moore Island where you ran into him and investigate the cure that he was like funding. Yeah. Rogue's like, sure, sugar. If something fishy is going on, I'll find it. And like, yeah. apparently she's and just Rogue like. And Rogue goes completely by herself to do this, which to be fair, she ends up being qualified to do. But still, uh, she's yeah, going also all she alone. like flies across the world by herself. Yeah. Well, like, like, apparently she, she get does on the plane, that a she's lot. Just like, flies away yeah i don't Wouldn't, know that'd be exhausting i don't understand how her powers work Rogue I realize is she's so overpowered in this version she can just she's got, fly she's got miss marvel's powers but so i guess like her powers are also kind of cosmic to a degree i don't know i mean i guess so she's just like got really great powers and never gets tired and can just fight infinitely but anyway, but like, we don't get to it, her yet. We don't understand why Xavier wants to... Like, we can assume that it's because Archangel was one of the first five X-Men, but in this, the first five X-Men already forgot who he was. And now Xavier's like, I need information on this one guy. I'm not going to explain why. And he never does. Like, it's just never resolved. That's I know. the end of that. I mean, basically what he's saying is that he's suspicious of the cure and that... Right he doesn't think warren was really cured which is true he wasn't so he's like can you just go to this lab and check it out but like the writing isn't good enough in this episode that like that's actually stated no because speaking of bad writing next we have apocalypse monologuing saying each generation has cried out for a new world that is the same old one corrupt and weak but the new world one shall come to pass i will purge the earth of these humans and i was like None of that made any sense. It's just him saying he wants to kill everyone. It's not right. a motivation. He has no, it's not. no he, he's nothing. I don't know. I think this episode is not well written. But anyway. It's not. It's not. And then we cut to France, where apparently they don't have technology in France. There's a bunch of people France. with berets, like with a big bale of hay that they're like, and, like they've got like a wooden a wagon in the, and they're, they're literally saying, wee, 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 wee. They've got little like mustaches and like. Instantly starving to death because pestilence shows up, I guess. I didn't understand this scene or care enough to <laughs> I don't watch know it either. Again. She's, she was like, a touch of pestilence. And they were like, no, And then all of a sudden starving. they're like, so hungry. We're 
we're starving. But it lasts like, like two seconds. It's, I, I know, it's, it's like, like what's that. happening? Like we meet two guys in berets who are lugging a bale of hay around and then instantly they starve to death. So I yeah, guess I, plague and pestilence are spreading over the world or at least France. Who the fuck knows what's happening? And then Apocalypse is like turning missiles like they're yeah, launching war. like nukes and like war is riding his pony over to some missiles and directing them at some fighter planes. This is all just like a montage that's happening. Yeah. And then like Warren goes over to like a dam in the middle of nowhere and blows mm-hmm. that up. And I'm like, OK, X-Men 2 is happening now. Yeah. And so then we go back to like dr adler's lab yeah rogue this arrives is a, this, at dr adler's lab and there's I'm a huge mad. hole in the top of it no i'm already mad because this is the second time where like they don't follow the x-men canon and also don't follow the canon that they're already writing because rogue shows up here she runs into dr adler who's sitting there and like first we see that mystique it's mystique but she shifts real quick yeah so like and rogue's like yelling at her and mystique keeps on like half shifting for yeah, some reason it's I don't weird know it's why. like she can't stop shifting but anyway I, then that's rogue, not explained <laughs> rogue, rogue ties her, her to the metal thing yeah and, and then is threatening she's like, her and is like yeah, i yeah. know there's something more going on here and you're gonna tell me what it is and i'm gonna put you through the machine if you don't tell me what's going on and then mystique reveals herself as mystique but they don't have like any recognition towards right. each other rogue doesn't know who mystique is according to this canon which no doesn't make sense because i know in the next season there's something called like a rogue's tale or it's like her origin story and she's like running around with this i've seen this episode before like and they yeah, run around and i don't know why they didn't at least have rogue be like you and just like explain it I, later I mean, maybe, or something maybe she has like amnesia or something that i'm forgetting about but i know for the rest of the series she keeps on calling mystique mama so i think it's just lazy writing that's what i think it is i mean this whole episode may as well not be canon then because like multiple things have happened that don't make sense like the eiffel tower blowing up yeah mostly the eiffel tower thing great point my favorite character (laughs) the eiffel tower i'm so sorry the eiffel tower died in this episode (laughs) don't worry anyway so for some reason rogue so mystique admits that the the machine turns people into apocalypse's slaves and then for some reason rogue like angrily picks up the pallet and like throws mystique out of it again and i was like why did you do that why didn't you just leave her in there because then mystique immediately gets a gun and is like shooting rogue the only reason why i was doing this was because i am on apocalypse's side after all and now i have a gun and i'm gonna destroy the machine and run away and rogue is is like uh, uh, oh, maybe this no. is where i pulled like half of our storylines for our, like teenage movies because that <laughs> that's what it sounded Mystique like just constantly changing sides because when she was tied up she was like oh no i was only doing it because apocalypse made me and then as soon as she's untied she's like just kidding <laughs> fuck you wait, wait i just looked at my next note and all it says is meanwhile in germany and or russia not sure some people are, are running around in stereotyped uniforms that's all i write <laughs> I don't even remember that. It might still be France. They were just running around in European cities. So the Blackbird lands in a city that neither of us know what city it is. No, I think I made a note here. Like, I'm like, fight scene ensues. I can't tell what's happening. This is fucking like Wolverine would run out and like be like, ah, and then you'd see like Gene getting hurt. But then suddenly like storm would shoot a lightning bolt but then gene's like psychic beam would come out and you see like rogue hit something and then the lightning bolt would like hit somebody and then wolverine would be there and i was like there's like no storyboard yeah 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 that is (laughs) that is what this fight scene is and i didn't try to write it down either the only part i remember is that at one point gambit saves wolverine over the course of the fight and he's like thanks cajun 
That oh yeah, I loved, I loved that. That was so great. There's like a falling beam and like like Wolverine, Wolverine is just, just sitting, sitting there. there? I, I don't, he's like, I don't know why. <laughs> he's just like chilling out and Gambit saves him. But this is a great line because Gambit saves him and Wolverine just goes, thanks Cajun, I think. And I'm like, what do you mean you think? He would have died. I mean, it's Wolverine, so he wouldn't have died. So, like, maybe that's what he means. I don't know. And there's also a line where, at the beginning of this, where Cyclops says, "Remember, don't hurt the civilians." And Wolverine's like, "Whatever, Psych. I'll try not to bruise them while I'm saving their lives." Yeah, I, I liked, liked that, that too. Those are the. I mean, Wolverine doesn't get a lot to do in this episode, but he does get those those couple of fun one-liners. Anyway, yeah. over the course of this fight that neither of us cared enough about, the Horsemen get not defeated by the X-Men, but they retreat at the end of the fight and yep. go back to their leader. And Cyclops is like, "Oh, we got to follow them so that we can find Apocalypse." So they do that. Meanwhile, Rogue found out enough information about Apocalypse's hideout from Mystique to know that it's at Stonehenge. Apparently. Which don't worry, that's not gonna yeah. last either. We're don't just gonna worry. blow up like we're just blowing up every famous landmark with this episode that are all mysteriously okay in the Yeah, later they're episodes. gonna go hit up the pyramids next. Just kidding, they don't get to it. I mean that yet. would have made more sense because that's where Apocalypse is from, but whatever. That's Let's what go to they Stonehenge. Do in the live action movie. So, okay, so Rogue's walking around and she's like I wonder what rock the snakes have been hiding under. And Apocalypse stomps out from a shadow and he's like, you had a chance to serve me. And Rogue and Apocalypse fight each other. Like Rogue charges him, but Apocalypse just like disappears for a second. Like there's no animation. He just blips away. And then like he comes back and he's just like, <laughs> this whole scene is so fucking weird. It's because, really like, weird. And, and oh, while she lands. She landed on the ground, and I got mad about this. Remember? Yeah, I, I saw your tweet. Picture. There's like a weirdly sexual shot of Rogue's ass on the yeah. ground. And yeah, and she's like lies there, and it's like center of the thing. It's, and it's like huge, and I'm like, and I'm like, why do we let straight men do anything? It's a, like, it's really a gross shot. It's like the camera pointed directly into Rogue's vagina, <laughs> like it's between so, her butt cheeks. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm barely exaggerating. Anyway, so I was, goes, I was. So surprised at this scene because i was like so i guess rogue just went to apocalypse's hideout completely alone and like thought that she could fight him i mean i guess stonehenge isn't that far away of a flight from weir island but like maybe she should have called the rest of the x-men I, who knows i mean the x-men were busy saving the world apparently I guess not you're very right. well but like apocalypse is one of the most powerful mutants if not the most powerful mutant so like it just seems like a bad idea to try to go up against him on your own, even if you're rogue. But luckily for rogue, the X-Men just so happened to show up while she's lying on the ground cowering. Yeah. And they like, they, they don't swoop quite... in and they don't even seem mad that she came there and like, didn't tell them what she was doing. Like nobody seems mad about that. They're which like, is Oh, that's weird. classic rogue. Just running off by herself. But Like, is it though? I feel like it's not really, I don't know. I, I just know. think it's... it's a writing problem, but whatever. If, well, everything about this is the problem. So all the X-Men show up and they like pose dramatically. And before anything can happen, like Archangel also flies over and just like starts crying. He's like, a band of mutants defeated us. We are not worthy. (laughs) Yeah. And Apocalypse Apocalypse is like, what the fuck? You're supposed to be able to defeat everybody. How about try harder? And Warren is like, okay, I'll try more. And like Cyclops blasts Apocalypse and Apocalypse is like, destroy them all and i don't write any notes here i just wrote insane battle i can't follow happens yeah it's it's exactly like what you were describing before like there would be a moment where gene would get knocked out and then all of a sudden in the next second she'd be fine and attacking somebody it was like there's no there was no through line on any of this fighting it was just like 
a fight scene where random shit happens. I mean, this is like, again, this episode just kind of feels like all the shit that Katie and I were writing in our fan fiction were like, was just totally disoriented and like, and you're you know like, I mean? I'll go back and fill in the details later, but then like, you never do that. Yeah, kind of pretty thing. much. That's exactly what it's like. The and big then, climax of the fight is, is Rogue going, I gotta slow these hot fellas down and, and she, she like, takes off her gloves and like dramatically like super slowly she and then, does take them off really slowly and then she flies up and goes over to warren and like slowly touches him. <laughs> and then she starts turning blue and then warren pushes her away and like i guess realizes who he is and he turns to the camera and his eyeliner is literally running down his face and he's like what have i done it's <laughs> like, a lot i i thought that that this was kind of weird because for whatever reason rogue's powers are able to get rid of i guess like the apocalypse slave brainwashing like is that what we're supposed to think happens here because like how does that even work? It also like pulls away like everything that was evil about him, apparently, which is explained later. Yeah, in a way that I mean makes that's the no next sense, line but... is that he like falls to the ground, and then he and Rogue have like this dramatic moment. Well, that's that's not yeah. We have to. That's the very end of this episode. Okay, you're right. That's, we have to save that for the end. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it's really important, Maddie. Excuse me. Okay, stop, sorry. Stop I it. just wanted to get to it, but all right. Okay, so Apocalypse is like saying something about how they weren't fit to like be as like. Uh, I don't know, slaves or whatever, and he's like, you are only delaying the inevitable. Wolverine's like, wanna bet, bub? And Wolverine, like, jumps on Apocalypse, but, like, he doesn't jump on him, because this is so funny, because, like, Wolverine jumps at Apocalypse, and Apocalypse just, like, walks over, gets Opens on an elevator. and, like, gets into a trapdoor elevator and just disappears into the ground. And Wolverine just, like, rolls by him, and I'm like, the fuck? What's and that? then Wolverine goes back to where the elevator trapdoor was and starts like beating the shit out of the ground, which does absolutely nothing. And like wait, everybody wait, wait, else, wait, no. it's but just this... like looking at him like, uh, second scene. <laughs> I can't even breathe. Or it's like Logan, chill the fuck out. No, you didn't care about anything for the first like six episodes. What the fuck? And so. Then it doesn't matter because then all of Stonehenge just blows up because this insane spaceship just flies out of the ground and like disappears into space. <laughs> yep. And Don't like worry that's about the it. end of that. This is the climax now where Warren and Rogue have they're just like they have the most typical goth conversation. This is like the beginning of Rogue being goth, I think. Oh I think my we're god. Witnessing it. This is, we're watching this is, it. Unfold. I was laughing. This was like all of us in high school like this is a conversation that all of us would have back and forth it's so much it's, rogue it's, is like i took away the evil when no, i touched it, you it's like it's i wrote this down because i laughed okay, so hard okay, okay recite it for me i will i've worked very hard on reciting and writing this down mm-hmm. warren says i want it to be normal but all i did was prove that i'm capable of terrible evil and then rogue goes it wasn't your fault I wanted to deny myself for a long time, too. That could have been helping that madman. But don't worry, I took the evil away. It's part of me now. And then Warren just goes, I just hope you're strong enough to control it. I wasn't. I wasn't. And, and then he flies dramatically away. flies away. And that's the end of the episode. That's the end. There's, <laughs> There's no other else. line. That's how There's- it ends. What what evil did Rogue pull for him? Why was Xavier looking for Archangel? What happened to the Eiffel Tower? Is Stonehenge going to be okay? What about all those people that died? We just threw nukes at everyone. No, none of it's relevant. I was like, I had so many questions I'm at the dying. end. I was like, 
what i was like what did we just waste what was all this shit like basically the world blew up but then it's like perfectly fine the next episode and like what I were mean, xavier's motives we haven't gotten there yet why but... did the x-men not remember archangel i have so many questions why did I... mystique remember rogue and vice versa like what the I hell? I feel like this episode was written by and animated by or whatever by the B team and like nobody cleared it and like for some <laughs> reason it made it to air but like nothing that happens in it I actually wonder, is canon. Yeah, and there was also like there's like an animation in there where Xavier was just looking in two different directions like Yeah. There I, were some really bad animations of like facial expressions and stuff. It just looked really rushed. I feel like it must have been like they were working on a tight deadline and they just oh, got it in. And I'm That's... sure they just like didn't okay everything in this episode. And they were like, just just write a confrontation, just write an action heavy confrontation between the X-Men and Apocalypse. None of it none of it matters. Like just knock it out and it's fine. Yeah, and like done. it's bad. I don't know. I uh, now I'm curious what the next episode is because you can cut this out. Nope, I'm leaving it all in. Oh the good. People need to hear they you. Need to, typing. They need to hear me typing they wildly. Need to hear you. Oh, we're going to Days Just of Future. Just wondering what it is. Oh, I don't. Mm, uh, we're going to Days of Future Past, so probably the A team will be fine, but then the part two will probably suck. I don't know. That, that seems, seems to be, to be how it's been going. Yeah. Usually, um, it, I mean, not not entirely, but it's pretty much been like every other episode is pretty good. I don't know. That, well, anyway, so this is Apocalypse, and all of it was anticlimactic. It also, really what happened to was. the cure? Like, what about all those people that are waiting for the cure? Are they all just sitting there waiting well, still? Well, Mystique destroyed the machine. It doesn't matter. Nobody, like, told that entire group of people that weren't, like, corralled in the bar. Yeah, Why no, was I it know. Playing that Irish whole music? group of people, What's like, happening? thought that the cure was real, and it turned out that it wasn't. It was I'm just, just coming fake. up with, like, more questions by the well, second. Well, because none of it is ever resolved. I mean, are we ever going to return to this? I don't remember if we ever return to this plot line again. Maybe we I don't. don't remember i think apocalypse shows up again yeah there's like a there's like another I mean, episode he disappeared into an elevator so he'll probably be back i think he like works with mr sinister for a while and then i think like archangel Ooh, comes mr. back sinister. and he's i know mr sinister <laughs> is all of season two and you get to deal with my impressions of him i just am mr sinister mm-hmm. also jubilee it's and archangel. not an impression you just are him <laughs> well i guess let's talk politics if there are any not have a lot to say about the politics of this episode i mean the only thing i could say and this isn't a politic is that it seems that they're drawing a lot of inspiration for archangel rogue of like all of us in high school who were like <laughs> <laughs> like warren worthington's dead now all there is is the death archangel and all i can do is feel war in my soul and i'm gonna sit under the stairwell writing poetry about I it mean, instead of going to class i think intentional or not that does speak to our experiences as kids of like not fitting in. And I mean, I guess part of that has to do with like feeling like kids won't accept you if you're gay or whatever, but there was just sort of a more general sense of that as a young kid. And I I do think that the X-Men are supposed to speak to that and and resonate with high schoolers who feel that way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, the X-Men is designed especially for teenagers. 20 something and 30 something characters to be like wearing eyeliner and crying about their, that was so funny though. 
Archangel poems. like Archangel's eyeliner running was like the funniest part of this episode for me. It's it's only because you could relate to it personally. Okay, also the part where he walks out of the dark <laughs> and he's just like, Worthington's gone, only Archangel, Archangel. now. And they yeah, like it's... throws metal fetters everywhere. I enjoyed that scene. I mean I I enjoyed that and I enjoyed the scene of the X-Men just hanging out in the bar playing pool. Like I do enjoy those sort of oh, yeah, that, that, humanizing that so moments. Good. And even Storm the corniness so even the corniness of like Warren Worthington's characterization on this show, I'm really enjoying. Yeah, the me too. The problem I had is like just the action scenes. And I even had a problem with the fact that like the world peace talks, like the politics that are introduced there, if it had been better written, that could have been really interesting and like unnerving because yeah, basically it's, it's what was happening it, yeah but basically it was what should have been happening was like this guy basically presenting the, that nuclear disarmament shouldn't happen because of how scared humans are of mutants which is an interesting problem because like having nuclear bombs wouldn't actually help you against mutants like or terrorists like it wouldn't help you at all so it's sort of an interesting political question, but it's not really something that this episode raises. It just kind of like puts politics in the background and it's yeah. like, now Apocalypse is a gargoyle and he's killing people. <laughs> it just kind of takes all the nuance out of it, which is too bad because... Apocalypse shows up and he's like, get out of here, Goliath, and like knocks him over the edge. <laughs> get out of here, Brooklyn and Demona <laughs> and And I'm just sitting there Bronx. trying to catch up and be like, no, we can't let them break while they're stone, otherwise they'll die. <laughs> Yeah, that's the fanfic that we're working on. That's just. I mean, in the honestly, world. that's probably the next episode of Warcry Valley, which is a our other podcast where Katie and I read our fan fiction. I was going to specifically recommend that anyway there. because yeah. Ryan and our mutual friend Katie did launch a podcast called Warcry Valley, and it's it's a lot of fan fiction that they wrote. And right now, they're mostly reading Katie's self insert fan fiction about um, gargoyles, but they're eventually going to get to Ryan's self insert fan fiction where he dates like every single X Men and like Archangel <laughs> is involved. So oh, if God. you enjoy that sort involved. of thing, then you should definitely go check out the fan fiction podcast because it's pretty fun. It is um, fun. That was a good. That was a good time for that plug. Yeah. I was, okay. So going back to politics, the other thing you can talk about here is that it turns out there is no cure, which I think that yeah. is kind of like I think that is a political statement because it's like you're gay. <laughs> there's no way you can convert that out of you you can't cure being gay that's who you are there's no cure for that like well that's also it. like there shouldn't be a quote-unquote cure which the characters the heroic characters repeatedly point out is like cyclops is pointing out like framing it as a cure to a disease is already the wrong framing it's not a disease you don't need to be cured of it it's just yeah. part of who you are I don't know. I think that's cool. I think I think that is cool. I think I mean, I guess I guess there have been X-Men plot lines where they have introduced like an actual cure or like mutants who can get rid of mutant powers. But I mean, it, the metaphor doesn't perfectly work either, which we've talked about many times. But yeah, it's, it's not it's not great. But I still think I still think you're right that it's an intentional statement for this show to make to have the cure be fake. Right. I agree. And I think that's like the extent of the politics in this episode, because Apocalypse basically stands for nothing because you can't be like Apocalypse Sully just wanted more gay. Yeah, he doesn't. He, Apocalypse just wants to kill people. He just wants to kill everyone and he'll do whatever it takes to do it. So yeah, like you can like kind side. of read into that, which we kind of did last week a little bit, but I don't think there's a lot to say at least in this framing of him he's such a reductive boring character in this episode that i had trouble caring about it you know i did too and because he doesn't have any motivation that i can understand he also there's no point in this episode where they even state that apocalypse 
is a mutant. Like, they don't state that. At the end, he gets in a spaceship and leaves. So if I was a kid watching this, I would have just assumed he was an alien. Yeah, that's true. Which doesn't even make sense. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess it could within, like, the larger Marvel Comics canon. But, like, within the scope of this show, it's definitely confusing to be like, why is he in a spaceship? Who knows? Um, Do you have any other politics? I really don't. There's nothing. Do we want to talk about Apocalypse? Apocalypse? I mean, I don't want to, but we have to. <laughs> All right. In that right. case. Who's that X-Men? Uh, today, it's Apocalypse. And thank God, Yay. this is going to be short. I like... <laughs> I mean, first of all, Maddie and I are trying to, like, cut down on the length of the character sections. And Not if you because guys... every anyone has complained, by the way. No one has. It's just because we personally don't want these episodes <laughs> to keep being an hour and a half, which I do think it's interesting that no one's complained about that. That but, part, yeah. Which I really appreciate, by the way. I'm glad people are so excited about our show <laughs> and have apparently liked how long it is, but it's insane, so... <laughs> I mean, I do like doing the character highlights. I think they're yeah. important. I just wanted to note that it wasn't because of that. And if you are sad, then I guess you can let us know that. But we're just going to do whatever we can. Well, at least for this episode, for sure, because Apocalypse is not an interesting character. And it was it was a painful. I just I was Maddie, I was putting it off. I was like, because I, I finished the episode on Wednesday. So really, I should have written them then. But then I was like, I'll just do them on Thursday. <laughs> and then I didn't do that. And then I was like, I'll just do them while I have some downtime at work on Friday. And didn't do that. And then I'm texting you at like 730, like right before I have to record. I'm like, hold on, I have to do the notes. Like, I had opportunities. I just fucking hate Apocalypse. He's such a stupid character. But but he does. There's That's like a whole... really a shame to hear because I feel like that way, too. And I was kind of hoping that you would tell me that he has this really cool comic book backstory that I, and I've just like not been giving him enough credit over the years. No, it's like pretty much the same story as the movie. The, the movie was pretty straightforward with that. Um, All right. So like but, boring. boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boring. It's also like a bad 80s movie. Yeah. So N. Sabanor is his real name. And he's, like, one of the world's first mutants, they think. They're not even sure about that. Like, that's been retconned. I did write this down because I I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. His abilities include self-molecular control, superhuman strength, superhuman endurance, telekinesis, telepathy, teleportation, accelerated healing factor, shape-shifting, superhuman intelligence, matter manipulation, force field, energy manipulation, distortion of reality alteration of size capacity to transfer their power their spirit and their soul to another being okay so he's just That's god literally everything <laughs> well my favorite was it when they were like distortion of reality and i'm like yeah okay so he could just fucking change reality like control over all matter or whatever you said <laughs> yeah like, like he can just do literally anything Oh my god! So if he can if he can control all matter and reality, then why doesn't he just instantly kill everybody like he wants to I, by see, just that's snapping what I mean. his it's finger? Like, he's such a ridiculous character, like all around. Um, and it's too bad because there is a whole series of comic books called Age of Apocalypse, where it's the future where Apocalypse has destroyed the world, and it's like the surviving X Men and Avengers. And I love that timeline. I think that is great. And it's also one where Mr. Sinister is doing a lot of weird shit. So I definitely recommend reading the Age of Apocalypse comics because there's a whole bunch of them from like the 90s and they restarted them again within the past decade or so. And those are really interesting to read. 
but not because of Apocalypse being interesting. It's just like that world is, is interesting. interesting in that. Yeah. Era. Anyway, he first appeared in 1986. He was created for X Factor. And it originally, when they were doing the X Factor series, um, they were trying to create a villain for them to fight. And they kept on like hinting at there being somebody in charge of the Alliance of Evil. Uh, and they had planned it for it to be Owl from Daredevil, which is a, a villain. And then instead they created Apocalypse sort of like last second. And they, they decided that they needed a character that was like, like how high the stakes were with the X-Men fighting Magneto. So this was like, mm. this was like the second villain post Magneto. It's almost like too high of stakes though, because he's it so is, much more Magneto, powerful than Magneto that it's like, right. And Magneto has like, like an emotionally had, resonant narrative. Right. And like, like he has character. all these reasons for what he's doing. And like Apocalypse just doesn't make any fucking sense. And well, it makes sense that he was created last minute because right. they, they were probably just like, uh, I don't know. He's got every power. And right, pretty much. He's, he's the best and he's also the world's oldest mutant that's cool put that in <laughs> <laughs> uh and so they also before they decided who it really was they kind of toyed with the, the idea that apocalypse was the missing mysterious third summers brother so you know how there's like scott summers and alex summers for a really long time they kind yeah. of like hinted at like apocalypse being it for a while it was like maybe gambit for a while it was maybe like strife or something like that mm-hmm. um and I, I, th- I think they eventually like settled on one, but nobody fucking cares. <laughs> like <laughs> the last thing we needed were like more of the summers. I, I, I always have trouble getting on board with any storyline and anything that's like, and it turns out these two characters were related. Like I don't know. It's... I mean, like it may, it, I like the story with Scott and Alex and them being separated from birth because they like one fell out of a helicopter like that was being it's, attacked it's a but lot I, though I, it's I like, like it, it always feels very soap opera to me no i i agree it's soap opera but i do like the idea that these two brothers have the same genetics so they're they're both mutants and i think that was well that's true in a mutant story it makes sense to sort of have characters be genetically right. related but like from a narrative standpoint i just i have trouble caring if they're like teasing that two characters are related and i'm like just tell me just <laughs> just just get to it <laughs> so anyway so when he was first born his gray skin and blue lips like his people were like what the fuck is this thing and they like abandoned him until mm. ball of the sandstormers saw the child's potential like powers and he na- he's the one that named him and savanor uh which is a translation to the first one so like the first mutant right and i cop this whole this is confusing but it's it's like probably the most prominent part of his origin uh so kane the conqueror who is an avengers villain who travels throughout time comes to egypt and takes he just assumes the role of pharaoh ramatut and he basically knows that ensebernor is like fated to become this like huge godlike mutant so like Basically, Kane saw that as a threat and sent his army to, like, destroy the Sandstormers and find the Apocalypse and kill him. And both Ensabanor and Ball were injured and they sought refuge in a cage. And before Ball died, he, like, revealed all this, like, crazy alien technology hidden within, like, the cave. Because, of course, there's alien technology with the pyramids, which was left behind <laughs> by the Celestials, which is a huge part of the Marvel Universe. They're, like, the big alien gods. Yeah. Yeah, and so then... You know, Apocalypse is like gonna. He's like, I'm gonna fucking kill Kane the Conqueror, and so he went in and like posed as a slave and drew romantic attention to like his um, Ramatut's sister. And then once when she sees that he's an ugly mutant, 
she like rejects him and then he gets all heartbroken and all of his fucking powers emerge because like you know really because he got hormones. rejected by a girl yes oh no I know. marvel comics I, and so he turns around he's like this girl dumped me so my new name is apocalypse uh. I don't like that at all. It, well, it fits everything else that's been stupid about this story. <laughs> and it, it's a fit, it fits like all so. that teenage bullshit. It's like so Archangel fucking cliche, Rogue. though. I know. All right. Um, anyway, keep going. <laughs> I'll try not to keep groaning at every new detail reveal. <laughs> I, I know. And so he found out that he can't age. Um, and so over the centuries, he just goes around convincing people that he's a god and then in the like 1850s, he finally encounters Mr. Sinister because Mr. Sinister is also somebody who like just lives forever. Yeah. And has like a gazillion powers. And yeah. Stuff. And Mr. Sinister is the one that like basically teaches Apocalypse that mutants are a thing that exists. And back then there's like not as many of them. And, you know, Mr. Sinister is like, here's all my technology that I'm working on. And like he, Mr. Sinister has some of like the celestial technology because it's Mr. Sinister. And why not? uh and so uh or, or sorry he like apocalypse had it and he gave it to mr sinister and gave mr sinister that crazy fucking armor that he wears all the time he's like the one with like the ribbon dancers on the mm-hmm, back of him mm-hmm. mr sinister literally wears like armor with streamers attached to it he's perfect and in every way amazing i know uh so apocalypse goes into suspended animation for a while and then eventually he wakes up he just decides the earth is ready for extermination like he just decides that one day and that's when he recruits the four horsemen which that's what this whole episode is about is him waking up being like everyone it's time for you to die kind of like rita just like (laughs) um, you know power rangers when rita emerges from the trash can the first thing she's like "Ah, i've been asleep for a thousand years time to kill everyone on earth and it's like wow get into it rita i mean Um, you know what honestly like (laughs) yeah right i was gonna say at least rita's like a better villain she's also got like a campier story to surround her with apocalypse it's kind of hard to like take him seriously because it's like he keeps monologuing a bunch of words that are just strung together but don't actually have anything to do with each other Uh, all right so anyway eventually apocalypse learns that mr sinister is like oh fuck apocalypse is like out of control and mr sinister is essentially designing a mutant strong enough to kill apocalypse which was cable and that was like the son of scott and madeline Pryor. Mm-hmm. and so apocalypse holds this huge war and the x-factor and the humans like work together to defeat him but not before cable gets infected by the techno virus from apocalypse and then in the future apocalypse has a conquered earth which is the comics that i was just previously talking about and he like goes and kidnaps a clone of cable that mr sinister was working on and that's strife basically strife eventually tries to take his revenge on apocalypse because apocalypse is trying to like brainwash him and then we think that he kills apocalypse but then apocalypse comes back this is i just made this as a note because this is during a time where like everything was fucking wacky as hell so there's a period of time where like apocalypse comes back during the time of onslaught which is the consciousness of magneto and professor xavier merged together into a supervillain, and what stops them is read you know the fantastic four mr fantastic and miss invisible woman's son franklin richards who has like the power to like all like change reality like is working with fucking like legion who also has the power to do that and like apocalypse is there and none of it makes any sense this goes on for <laughs> i would recommend listening to explain the x-men because they do the best that they can trying to explain that section and i think that's where they're at right now and it's just like fucking franklin richards 
So I, but the point is like that's when he comes back the first like again, and it's just amidst all this other fucking shit that makes no sense. So they didn't really need to explain it because it was like already in this dream world, basically. Yeah, basically. And so then later on, they discover Destiny's diaries again. That comes up again, where it's like diaries that Destiny had written. And right, right. We she's like in the future about right. Mystique and Destiny. Right, right. And she's like, there are twelve people that can kill Apocalypse. And so Apocalypse gets scared and tries to merge with Nate Gray, but by like transferring his energy into him, which is what is happening in the movie, except it's with Charles Xavier instead. And it like it doesn't work. And Apocalypse just like his soul just goes into the astral plane and floats away. Well, good. (laughs) But don't worry. He comes back after House of Them and Decimation. And he's like totally fine because the techno organic virus like kept him alive, apparently. And so he's like quickly i'm going to try and convince the remaining mutants after no more mutants he's like i'm going to just rally them all up and they're i'm going to power them up by like giving them my own blood and then they just like turn against him anyway because that fucking was stupid <laughs> Good. Uh, the only couple of the notes that i have is first of all oscar isaacs plays him in x-men apocalypse and you don't get to see oscar isaacs pretty face because he's covered in all that ridiculous shit that apocalypse wears in blue face paint i know it's He's so good, and I don't know why they why he ended up with the short end of the stick in terms of the know. casting there. Like they could have had him be anyone in the X Men universe, and somehow he's Apocalypse, which is like the most boring character. Yeah, you know? it's for for real, and just he's just a, a waste of acting talent there. <sighs> you know what? That whole movie, honestly, yeah, just you're wasted right. like wasted talents. Like people, Someday comp- we well, I mean, we have a video that we're gonna put out about it. Yeah, actually, oh, during when this is getting released, there, this is a whole X Men Apocalypse week. So you're gonna get this podcast first, and then you're gonna get a throwback to when we had our X Men Apocalypse party, and then you're also gonna get a, a video where Maddie and I rewrite X Men Apocalypse. So welcome. This is the first day. <laughs> <laughs> that X Men Apocalypse party was pretty fun. We actually really enjoyed that movie when we first saw it, and then it wasn't until the next day that I thought about it. Yeah, and I we was were like, like "What the fuck is this crap?" Sense. And I was really sad, <laughs> but I really enjoyed seeing it with you. <laughs> I, I I know I was like making comments because fucking Sophie Turner plays Jean Grey, and she finally turns into the Phoenix in that. Do you remember in the movie yeah. theater? I screamed. I screamed. I was like fucking finally like geez that we'll save that for when we review that movie <laughs> yeah but we also did make a little video about it that will be on our youtube channel yeah at- if you go to our youtube channel and subscribe there uh you'll be able to catch it when it comes out but anyway mm-hmm. so the other thing i was going to make mention in his story here is that there's another character now called evan sabanor it's a clone of apocalypse that i believe phantom x made and He's like just a teenage version of Apocalypse that works with the X-Men and is also a good guy and doesn't have as many powers. But like, like basically is like, what if we wrote Apocalypse as a character you gave a shit about? So he's a clone, but he's like not a very good clone because he doesn't have the same powers. Yeah, he's got like a lot of powers, but it's not quite as ridiculous as Apocalypse. And also, I mean, he has more of an interesting arc. I like the stuff with him that's been in there because essentially... They make him into an interesting character if Apocalypse was interesting. So he looks really fucking weird. And he already gets like like a lot of prejudice from other mutants who are looking so weird. And he also gets a lot of prejudice from other mutants because they are like, dude, you look you you are Apocalypse. You realize that that guy is mm-hmm. terrifying. You have to live in the shadow of this guy that like keeps on trying to blow up the world. Like right. that's that's you. 
and he's like trying to not do that so like i think that's more interesting than literally anything that apocalypse actually does yeah i mean for whatever reason i don't mind clone storylines apparently i do mind secret relative storylines but not clone storylines and there are many 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 clone storylines in marvel comics that's true and it's usually because the clone storylines are there to like fix the shittier storylines exactly they like they're like we're just gonna without restarting the universe re-add the character but like not fuck it up this time yeah anyway that sounds good i'm glad they've sort of acknowledged that apocalypse wasn't interesting and like tried to come up with a way to fix him yeah that's kind of neat but then unfortunately we got a movie about it anyway so oh wow turns out um anyway speaking of apocalypse who's gay I joked about saying that the horses were the only gay thing, but like they really are, unless you want to count Gambit saving Wolverine. I, I was gonna say all the I could think of is Gambit saving Wolverine because Which like he's like pretty fun. But I know it's like and he, like, he like lands on Wolverine's in... lap, and Wolverine's like getting a boner. He's like, "Don't move for a second that didn't happen none of that (laughs) happened um yeah i mean this is an episode where like the characters just don't talk to each other that much like the only thing that we really got was that one fun scene in the bar where the the x-men are checking around for a second but there wasn't really like anything other than gambit and rogue flirting i guess archangel is gay for apocalypse no i guess archangel is still a really sad closeted gay man who like can't accept himself or love himself i mean we could say that that's you know the gayest x-men in this episode he probably is i think the horses need to be number one okay (laughs) (laughs) apocalypse is many colored horses they're the gayest part of this the gayest part of this episode and archangel can be the runner-up he was the runner-up last time which is fine it's only because i don't like the idea of picking him because i just think that it's really sad and i know that he like represents a real thing but i know i know i just want him to be happy me too and then i want him to like come and like cuddle with me and then we can like go and destroy the world together no that we like (laughs) I don't know, right? Read each other You're poetry Mr. in Sinister. bed. Sinister, it's to be expected. Yeah, we just have some role play. I'm like, Archangel, you lie in bed and I'm Mr. Sinister. And then just he has a PTSD attack. It's what we yeah, call he's big. Like, he's like, I can't do this. And you're like, wow, I'm a really bad boyfriend. No, I was going to say, it's just we call that the Xavier. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, don't be like Professor X. Professor in X bed is or trash. not in bed. He's trash. He is utter garbage. Um, but yeah, that's I guess, I guess third place goes to uh, Gambit and Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Right, right on. I'm here for that. I'm always there for that. All right, let's see what we got for reader mail. Cool. Todd sent us something. So, all right, so Todd sent us something. Yeah, and like he sent it to us like within seconds of the last episode, which was like three weeks ago. So we're just getting to this and. <laughs> He goes, my beloved hosts, let my time role playing on X-Men based online text games in the late 90s pay off for you. 
Storm's nonsense clothes changing is actually like in-universe stuff in Marvel made by Reed Richards called Unstable Molecules, which he gave me a Wikipedia link to. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's the wonder fabric he made that creates brightly colored zentai that also do things like stretch <laughs> when you're stretchy for can change their form when you give them an electric charge or whatever science <laughs> <laughs> yay uh you know what's funny is that around the same time that todd messaged us about that somebody also tweeted at us and was like oh that's a real thing she can change the molecules on her and then todd also emailed us and i was like okay no Okay, clearly we just didn't know that Storm can change her clothes in, like, you know one but, like, specific comic. It, it goes back to the fucking Fantastic Four, and nobody cares about them. Or Franklin <laughs> oh, Richards. shit! I mean, clearly nobody cares about the Fantastic Four, because look how many shitty well, I mean, movies it keeps getting. nobody cares about them now. There are some pretty good, like, really, really old Fantastic Four comics, but definitely nobody gives a shit about them now. Actually, which... I was going to say, there was, like, some good Fantastic Four comics where they, like, lost their funding, and that was great. Yeah, there's some cool, like, Avengers crossovers with them that I've read, too. But anyway, it doesn't matter. And then we have another email from James where he says, Really enjoying the show. It is really interesting to listen to as someone who is interested in the X-Men, but who hasn't really read any of the comics and only watched a few shows when I was younger. Also, holy shit, Maddie, that song for the Ryan Dates Wolverine segment is freaking (laughs) awesome. You really went all out there okay so i i got this email before i finished listening to the finally edited podcast so i was like halfway through the podcast and i got this email i was like i think james just spoiled something that you put in there specifically for me i didn't tell ryan that i made that song because i just wanted him to eventually listen to it and hear it but it's it's fine what even happened on i also thought there was a possibility that people would tweet at you and be like tell you about the song ahead of time okay somehow that didn't happen but I don't even remember what happened at the end of, like, that segment. I think Wolverine and I, like, we had, like, a date and we went to the arcade and, like, Are that's where Are you trying to ended. reprise the segment? After years of waiting, dreams coming true, Wolverine's on a date. No, I'm trying to think about where it would go from there. Like we, like according to that, we went to like we went roller skating, you went rollerblading. Yeah, and then we went to the mall and to the arcade. And so I guess after that, we'd have to eat something at the food court, right? Like so, Wolverine would probably like get three hamburgers and shish kebab them and like feed them to me uh, intimately. Everybody would be like, "What the fuck is wrong with these people?" <laughs> and then and then we'd go into the mall. I mean, then we'd go to Sears or Macy's or whatever and like look at clothes, but then like roll around on the ground and get kicked out for not like buying anything because that's the reason why we're getting kicked out not for like having sex on the floor and then we leave we're like you're just continuing the segment even though you were like i'm not going no no i'm going it's happening and like then we go to the movies i'm just like thinking of like where we grew up yeah i know well things keep going wrong because it's like an 80s wacky sitcom and we get there and like turns out jubilee is like spying on us there like with all the x-men and somehow we don't see them and we can't smell them and like we watch this movie and like i put my hand into the popcorn bowl and so does he but then he actually like lets claws out and like stabs me and we have to like rush to the hospital and he's like i'm sorry i'm so terrible i'm like you can't control your powers but neither can i and then i reveal that i like 
also have the powers to like control blood or something and like i'm like everything's fine everyone's like the fuck is happening and then we go back to my parents house and my mom's like oh i knew you would like eventually wind up with wolverine and then everybody laughs and then like you know our friends credits. from natick comes over yeah credits <laughs> freeze frame but on then, all of the, 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 yeah no the credits are about to start but then it pans out and you just see like a shadowy figure like the darkness it's like apocalypse. and it's professor x and <laughs> he's saying and he's looking at a picture of warren and he's saying someday i'll reveal everything <laughs> <laughs> and then he disappears next time on wolverine and brian go on a date we're gonna like i don't Fuck. know go fishing well yeah well, apparently we already did that at macy's well okay <laughs> like in the changing room i, don't I know. mean like why wait until date number three if you know that it's right yeah i know right do you like my new mutant power that i made up on which the was spot? to control blood it's a pretty good mutant power it I don't is and honestly like... nobody like has that power so marvel if you're listening to this if you steal this that is you caught breaking well, copyright definitely wait uh, i like I... there is blood bending in the avatar I, cartoons right. also so. you like how i was like marvel you can't steal our copyright as we make oh, a show of, you about mean, your x-men you mean, <laughs> you mean also the fact that everyone at marvel is clearly listening to this because they definitely are and they definitely mine Excuse our me. podcast for ideas x23 was based constantly. on a character we created we did That's it first true. none of that is true they read our what dead journal say? role plays and they're like, this seems good. And they stole all of our ideas. Marvel, we're suing you. I don't know no, what the show is. Please we're, don't. Can we take we that need to money? Rate the episode no, we're too. not, we're not going to sue them because they need to take that money and like work out a contract with Fox. So like the MCU can actually have the X-Men instead of whatever fucking bullshit. How is currently about happening. if instead of suing them, we just bring a legal suit that forces <laughs> We just do Fox. the work for them. Yeah. And Fox and just Marvel Cinemas to collaborate. That's a good idea. I like that. How do we do that? Do we just do a crowdfund for that? Yeah, I'm sure if we kickstarted that, people would actually pay money. So They probably would, except that then where would the money go? Not to Fox. To these huge, two massive corporations that like don't need our help at all. <laughs> but we just give them the money and we're like, can you please fucking make a good X-Men movie? And, I know, like, right? it's like just fix it it's it's just like fix it. it they're just having like a childish like argument where like marvel's standing outside of like fox's pillow for and my, uh, the marvel's <laughs> like we want to come in and like fox is like nobody can no! come into our secret fort we like, have all the happening. best couch cushions and no one can have them you have to use other pillows and marvel's like we did and ours looks better <laughs> marvel's like yeah we have like a beanbag chair and everything it's pretty cool there's like a lot of space we even like installed like a little like mini fridge it's great anyway uh, before we forget we need to rate the episode because we forgot to do that last time and... well i give this episode probably like a three because it's bad but i laughed a lot so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like it's like bad in a good way i mean i would say you could skip it but there were parts of it that I enjoyed. I'm going to give it a two. Yeah, I don't you know that I, I don't know that it. I enjoyed it as much. I think by this, by I the mean, way, this is out of I one out of five. At, we should probably say that it's one out of five. Oh X's. yeah, it's one out of five. Two X's out of five. You don't actually need to watch this episode, but you don't. You really don't. But if you want something to laugh at and like how ridiculous it is, then I absolutely recommend it because it's just like fucking batshit insanity, start to finish, and I like could not stop laughing. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely parts where you're laughing at it i don't know i don't know what i'm saying anymore listen i'm tired yeah we did it we did <laughs> so yeah okay so first of all did i forget anything oh plugs yeah I'm t i was starting that excuse me maddie 
I've got this. Excuse me. Excuse me, but it's we time for plugs, We shall plug like Ryan. the humans never did once before and break <laughs> the chains of plugging to plug like butt plugs. I don't know. Um, oh first of all, if you enjoy this episode, I please leave us a review on like iTunes or like SoundCloud. Just more reviews are nice just to see that people are enjoying the show. It's, you can you know, also just do a rating and not re- leave a review, and that helps too. That helps yeah. surface us in iTunes if you're right. too shy to write something down. But you should write something down. But the more time you like write things in iTunes, it bumps us up. And if it, like if you have friends that are into comic books or the X-Men, like definitely like share this if you think if you're enjoying it, because I mean I want more people to listen to this. <laughs> um, well, I don't. Well, we're going to have to go to I've war. I've been slaving away on all of these theme songs, hoping that no one ever hears them. Uh, is this just going to be us rogue and Archangel right now? <laughs> I've um, been slaving away on all these songs, <laughs> just hoping that someday I could be normal and not write X-Men theme songs in my spare time. <laughs> but sadly, I'm not. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh so also you know if you aren't already hit that follow button on soundcloud and yeah definitely subscribe especially since you know sometimes we have a relatively irregular posting schedule so hit that subscribe button to make sure you don't miss an app yeah we try going every other week but sometimes people like ryan gets busy busy. and like (laughs) doesn't have time to like record and then like freaks out about it yeah it's fine it's fine we're back so there's that also you can go to our youtube channel which is atomic blue productions and we post little clips from this series and we like put them with the actual animated form so you can like laugh at some of the actual animations that we're talking about and we post other things there too like we have like videos of like parody videos we did a resident evil one Mm -hmm. there's uh self-created stuff too like gino what am i forgetting oh patreon okay yeah so Please. Give us money. Yeah, please. <laughs> Whoa, as I say, as I just drop my mic. Okay, so that's why you need to like support us because I may drop my mic one day and destroy it. Oh my it. god, Ryan, please don't, don't say that. <laughs> it's alright. We, we, you're we, jinxing it. Now. We put the warranty on it. Remember? Mm. Because you were like, Ryan, you're gonna I did, drop didn't this. I? You did. You bought it and specifically said, "I'm getting this for you when you drop it and or you and Steph <laughs> spill coke all over it." Yeah. Well, anyway, Ryan's mic has a warranty, and that was paid for by our Patreon, as was the mic itself. And, you know, that's awesome. And Ryan's computer also really sucks. So, like, just in general, if you want to support us and, like, make (laughs) sure that we have good equipment and also, like, stipends for the people who we do shows with because everybody's really broke, that's that's really nice. And we really appreciate the support. And honestly, it helps keeps keeps us going because now we have at least three different hosts. No, we have, like, four different hosting fees. So... And mm-hmm. we're, we're growing. Yeah, like we have a new show where Ryan and Katie are reading their fan fictions. And so at this point, we have like a ton going on and our YouTube channel is more and more stuff. So yeah. hopefully you'll consider kicking us a buck. And it could just be a dollar a month. We don't mind. Like whatever you can afford is cool. Like Honestly, if everybody listening to this gave us like a dollar, then we'd be able to afford better stuff. And on our YouTube channel, we could get like better lenses and stuff. So like, honestly, whatever you put your money towards, it's just towards getting us like hosting these shows, making more shows, potentially getting more guests and like mm-hmm. potentially creating more stuff and getting equipment to do it. Like it just that's what it's funding specifically. It's not going anywhere else. It goes right back out into the product you're watching and or listening to. Hell yeah. Sorry. Right, that's it's, always re- it's always really awkward to like plug <laughs> to Patreon. Ask for money. I it's know. It's really awkward. It is. It, it requires us to like admit how much time we're spending on this like in addition to our lives and I don't know. 
I mean, we're doing this for fun and because we love you, but also it's, it's nice to be able to like pay back hosting fees and, and actually like pay ourselves back for the money that we spend on, on equipment. It is a lot of fun, but you know, hosting fees are a a thing. Thanks. Thank you. Um, okay. Also you can follow the mutant ages on Twitter at the mutant ages. And Mm -hmm. we post, we post all sorts of fun things there. We post X-Men related stuff, obviously, but the more gay it is and the more X-Men related, it chances are it winds up over there. It'll be on there. And also we're individually on Twitter. Like I'm at Mitty Myers and Ryan's at Ryan Pagella. Yep. Tweet at us, uh, follow us over there. You can see what we do in our spare time, which is like work a lot. (laughs) Oh my God. This plug is going on too long. I guess I'll just say our email is the mutant ages at gmail.com. And that's it. That's, that's the end of all plugs. Please email us like comments or questions and we read them we read everything so send okay. it on over Ooh, we have too many projects ryan we can't keep plugging 16 things at we the end didn't of every show even plug everything this time this is less than we normally plug it still went on for like five minutes though well i'm, I'm like sorry everyone. audacity <laughs> i'll leave it all in who gives a shit maybe people listen to plugs maybe they don't maybe I don't they know. skip ahead i don't really care write in and tell me if you listen to the plugs <laughs> why are you doing another plug <laughs> just kidding just kidding don't write in oh or do God. well Bye. yeah uh wait do we have anything else to say was that the end wait is this the end i think so which means we'll see, see you next time. time and i'll date wolverine and archangel it's gonna be a hot threesome if you're into that Okay, I'm not writing a separate theme song for you dating Archangel. I'm Wait, just, if I'm just gonna here draw the looks line like right Wolverine there. or Archangel or or is them. Please email us. I'm oh desperate. Oh my god, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not desperate. <laughs> <laughs> at atomicblueproductions.com or support us at patreon.com slash atomicblueproductions.